she's like, I feel so light in here now. Like, I can feel his presence more because they're faithful. Press play with Coach K, Episode 7. Get your house in order. Let's go. You're listening to Press Play with Coach K. I'm your host, Kimberly Monroe. My mission is to inspire professional women to take the leap towards health, wealth, and happiness. I'll share practical tips and inspiring stories to help you be the boss of your business, your body, and your bank account. For more tips and to sign up for our newsletter, visit us at PressPlayWithCoachK.com. Are you ready to press play? Okay, let's get started. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Press Play with Coach K. I am your host, Kimberly Monroe. And let me tell you, there has been so much going on. And as you know, a lot of my episodes come from pretty personal places, things I experience, um, things I'm interested in. That's typically how I tend to select my guests. And today is no different. So I've, I've been learning a lot here lately about how to declutter and the connection between decluttering your home or your office or your other personal spaces and just the effects that it has on, you know, your mental health. So with that being said, I'd like to introduce you all to my guest today. Her name is Victoria Willard, and Victoria is the owner of Organized Design Create. Did I get that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, perfect. And she is going to tell you a little bit about her business, um, what she does, and we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it. I don't want to completely ruin it for you. So first of all, let me ask you, where did the name of your business come from? So how, how did you come up with that? Okay. Um, organize, design, create. The short term for that is ODC. It's kind of a playoff of OCD, but I didn't want it to say OCD because, I don't know, that's just offensive, I think. But that's the name of the company. And we've been a legit company for a little bit over a year now. Okay, fantastic. And so organize, design, create. I love all of that. Um, Can you tell me (laughs) a little bit about what type of services your business offers? Okay, so we actually just go in and organize people's spaces. And after we've organized spaces, we do offer like cleaning services for the people who just don't want to maintain their own space. We also have postpartum and before baby packages for new moms. We go in and help the new moms like meal planning and getting ready for baby and helping them organize baby's room and get everything set up because sometimes there are moms who are alone and don't have a husband or a spouse to do those things with. So our company likes to provide that service for them. Wow, that is amazing. So (laughs) now here's the interesting thing. My listeners have probably been wondering, where in the world I have been. So to fill everybody in, about four months ago, I moved from South Florida to South Texas. I got this amazing professional opportunity and decided to go ahead and pursue it. And the personal place that this episode comes from, for those of you who by now have seen the photo on my Instagram, is I have been feeling so out of whack because I I moved into an apartment 
I took a five-month sublease because I was looking to purchase a home, which I'm closing on in a couple of days. Yay. And um, I'm still living out of boxes. Like half of my, my belongings are unpacked. The oh, I would say maybe less than half. The majority of what I own is still in boxes. And so what should be my dining room is actually my miniature storage facility. And I remember coming home one day and just like being disgusted and annoyed and, you know, perturbed, like all at the same time. And I had a conversation with someone and I said, you know, I think I get it. I think I get why I have felt so stressed out lately, you know, on top of the move, I come home to this giant pile of boxes in my dining room every day. You know, I spend mornings still digging through boxes, trying to find things. And so I realized, I said, hmm, let me explore the connection between this clutter in my space and this clutter in my mind. So let me just ask you, when when you come across your, your clients, do you, do you see that connection in, in your work? Yes. Like most of my clients, when I go, so I do like a 30-minute consult, which is free of charge, and that can be virtual or um, a physical consult. They seem very anxious or like just all over the place, even with their thoughts, and they're telling me what they think they want, and I'm just like, okay, I know it's the clutter in this home that's making this person this way. Um, mm-hmm. Clutter is literally known to increase stress levels. It can affect your mood negatively, and it just depletes your energy because you're just you feel so out of control and you can't get things under control that really affects a person's mental health. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you say that. So I started to really dig into this topic and I came across a um, 2016 study that was done at Cornell University and then was published in um, Personality and Social Psychology Bulletin. So what they did was they did sort of like an interview with 60 dual income spouses, so 30 couples. And what they did was they had these couples do self-guided tours of their home. They calculated how often they used words that described clutter or that conveyed a sense that their home wasn't finished um, or words that conveyed whether or not their home felt restful. And so what they did was they sort of narrowed down those categories into homes that were restorative in nature in homes that were stressful in nature. Um, and the other thing that they did, you mentioned stress hormones, is that they use a saliva test to monitor the participants' cortisol levels throughout the day. Cortisol is known as a stress hormone. It's something that your body secretes when you're under stress of some kind. So in most people, if, you, if you're not stressed out, your cortisol levels are naturally high in the morning, and then they kind of taper off as the day progresses. Well, when people are stressed out, their cortisol levels are more um, sort of high throughout the day. They don't have that spike in the morning and that leveling off towards, you know, the end of the day. And so they found that women in this study who had high-stress homes reported having a depressed mood over the course of the day, and they had high cortisol levels throughout the day. And then women who had restorative homes had steeper cortisol slopes throughout the day, and they had a decreased depressed mood throughout the day. So it's interesting that you say that, you know, you even notice that your your, your clients are sort of frazzled and all over the place when they get to you. Yes. I'm always like, man, how how have you been doing this? Because I'm not like, I have to be a calm person. I'm not right, a high right. person at all. So 
always I feel bad for them. And then they have some people I meet, I, they have kids in their home, and they're just like, my kids can't focus. And I'm I'm talking to them like, well, I can kind of see why they can't focus, but I'm here to help. I don't judge. I, right, right, absolutely. <laughs> so then why, of all things, why professional organizing? It just came near and dear to my heart. So I recently went through a divorce. So when I was going through divorce, my ex-husband was like our sole, sole provider and he he did everything. And I was just a stay-at-home mom, which is not saying that's not a good job. <laughs> that's a great job. But I didn't have income. So I felt like whenever I went out on my own after the divorce, I had to do something to sustain myself. And I kept thinking, like, what is it that I'm good at that I can do? That's not a nine to five because I don't have a nine to five spirit. <laughs> okay. So um, all my friends were like, you're really good at like cleaning and organizing. You should do that. I was like, that's not a business. So I went in, I did some research, tried to figure out what I actually need to do to make it a business or become a business. And I just did those things. And here I am almost a year later. And it's very successful. And I'm ready to take on another employee now. So. Wow, that's incredible. That is incredible. So the deciding factor was a life change sort of triggered everything. And then yes. to have that, that group of supportive friends who helped you identify a skill set and be able to monetize it, that is, that's so huge. I know, you know, a lot of folks that I talk to, especially women who make the decision to leave and start a business, they don't always get the support that that they're that they need and that they're looking for. So it's tremendous that you have a circle that, you know, really nurtured that 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 dream of yours and helped you to, you know, kind of cultivate it. So you talked about looking up the, the things that were um, required. What was the first step you took to start your business? Um, the first step was to identify your market. Like who who would I be helping in the area that I live in? Like who who would be my customer? Who would be my ideal customer? Just identifying what your niche is, like what you're going to focus on and who you're going to focus on and who you're going to market to. Because the whole world is not somebody that you can market to. <laughs> so, sure. like, I couldn't Absolutely. go in and help a college student because college students mm-hmm. are not there where they want to be organized yet. So I realized my market was busy professionals and moms because okay. moms need help. <laughs> and people who are in the industry, like, working as professionals, they just, you know, need help getting their life organized. So I started there, and then I went and got um, a business EIN number. After that, I sat down. I was like, okay, so I need a name. (laughs) So I had to research all these names because I follow a lot of organizers on Instagram, and I didn't want my name to be like anyone else's, and I had to do what came to me. So my my 13-year-old daughter came up with a name. Okay, that's fantastic. She helped me design the logo, and just open up an Instagram page. If I wanted to be like um it's a it's called National Association Association for Professional Organizers, NAPO. If I wanted to be in that organization, it's like a yearly fee and you have to do so many hours unpaid work to solidify yourself to join that organization. I decided against that because I had already previously known how to start businesses because I've had one in the past. Okay. So I went around that and I still found out the customer base even without that logo on my website. Okay. And, you know, that's really important to note because 
sometimes people don't realize when they start a business, the options that they have as far as professional associations, what it requires to join one, what those costs are, and whether or not it's actually even necessary for them to start and run their business. So you talked about an Instagram page, you talked about your logo, your EIN number. Tell me a little bit about your first client. Who who was she and, and where did she come from? So my first client was actually my friend. I told her, I was like, I just want to work for you. Just don't pay me. And she, of course, she's like, I'll pay you in food because she loves to come. I was like, I just need to know that this is what's for me because I do my house all the time. So that comes natural to me. So let me do your house and see how it goes. And it came out beautiful and she shared my post and she got me some of my first clients. Okay. Now how sharing my stuff. Now you talked about her sharing your, your post, your your work on social media. Now how do most clients find you? Are most of them referrals? Do they come via social media? How does that what does that look like these days? Honestly, I get very few clients via social media. So I don't focus on social media as much. I post there but I don't like spend all my time there. I spend my time networking and attending networking events, talking to people, you know, just being a great pillar in my community and word of mouth is how I get out of my clients. Wow, that's amazing. I um there are a couple of other uh podcasts that I listen to on a regular basis and one of them is um well, I won't shout it out, but one of them, they, um, well, yeah, well, it's, fi- it's a financial independence, and I, I, they're, it's one of my favorites, and one of the, you know, main things that they always circle back to is how important networking is, and not that sort of, you know, cheesy networking where you go to events that you really don't want to be at, meeting people that you don't really want to be around, and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. smiling and handing out your card and shaking hands, but that true sort of being involved in your community and developing authentic relationships to help either grow your business or just learn from other like-minded individuals. And so I I love the fact that you made the point that I get out and I hustle authentically to grow my business. That's, that's awesome. Um, I think the big advertising is you advertising yourself. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think you're right. Business cards, no websites, no Instagram can ever show a person who you really are you have to just go out there and meet people and not love meeting people right oh well and and i'm sure that's a huge part of what sort of probably radiates off of you when you meet folks is that they realize that you know she wants to be here she wants to know me and i think that goes so much further than just you know sort of a plastic smile and a pen of business card so when, when you get into homes Tell me, what are some of the most common things that you see? Share, what are, the, what are some of the most common things that you see? Like, are there items that are common that people hold on to? Or are there certain rooms in the house that are, you know, more tragic than others? What, what is it? What is it? What do your typical clients' homes look like when you get there? You know what? Most people call me for kitchens. And, and what I see in the kitchens is people always have, like, three and four sets of dishes and I'm just like where do you put all this <laughs> I have one client she has like a set of dishes for every season and wow. I had to me and her like actually went through them like what is most important to you and all of them were important to her so I had to figure out a way to help her keep them but not make them look as cluttered 
I see. And it's interesting that you say that all of them were important to her. So I read another study that was done on behalf of Rubbermaid, you know, the home storage and products giant. Everybody probably has some type of Rubbermaid, you know, container in their home. So they did a study in 2011 and they found out some interesting things. About 91% of people said that they were overwhelmed by clutter at least some of the time. And to your point about why people keep things, 57% reported that they keep things for sentimental reasons. So to have a person say, I have, you know, three set of dishes or four set of dishes, and they're all important to me, how do you work around that with a client when they're holding on to items that do have some type of sentimental value for them? What's the strategy for helping people realize when it's time to let go? I kind of just ask for a backstory. Like, I don't just go and say, hey, tell me your life story. But while I'm talking right. to them at Ricky Clutter, we just chat about life. And I try to just figure out why is this person holding on to this item that is just, it's just cluttering their home. And her thing was when she was married to her husband, she always changed out the the dishes with the season. And she's a widower, so she, she passed away. And that reminds her of him having dinner with her. So I kind of just explain, you know, people leave us and, you know, it makes us very sad. Like I lost someone very near to me. I was just like, they're always here with you in your heart. Is there like a photo or something of him that you want to keep up in the kitchen? Like on your windowsill just to remind you of him while you're in the kitchen. But these dishes, like this is not the love you had with him. The love you had with him is in your heart. And she was like, you're so right. I don't even know why I keep this stuff. And once all the stuff was gone and she had her little, I bought her a really pretty frame to go in her windowsill that matched the rest of her kitchen of a picture of her late husband. And she loved that. She's like, I can go to that windowsill, wash my dishes and think of him. So Now, that's remarkable. (laughs) Wow. But we got rid of the dishes and mm -hmm. everything was clear, like, She's like, I feel so light in here now. Like, I can feel his presence more because there's space for it. There's space for it. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's almost like one of those philosophies of life that in order to receive something new, you have to make space for it. And yeah. sometimes we think of that in terms of a job or an opportunity, but sometimes the thing that we need to create space for is, the, the process, like the journey, you know, having you to help her work through her grief via cleaning out her home, she had to be ready for that experience. She needed to make space for it. And I think it's a beautiful thing that you helped her make space in two very important things in her life, um, her physical home, her environment, and emotionally what she was processing in terms of her grief. So it sounds like there are likely times when the, the job that you do and the service that you provide, it's so much bigger than just a person cleaning out their home. It's really them changing their life in some way. I think that's that's amazing. Yes, Um, Yes. that's the way I look at it. I always think like somebody, I'm going to help someone today and it's going to go with them for the rest of their life. Like, that's what I, I love that. (laughs) That's why I love it. 
And that's fantastic. It's interesting. Um, again, I said I, I really I, 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 I dove into this topic and I was reading an article from 2018 in Prevention Magazine. And there was a quote from Dr. Dennis Greenberger. He's co-author of Mind Over Mood. He suggested that it's not the usually the clutter itself that is the issue, but how people react to it. And you were able to draw that out of your client. You know, it's it, it was the reaction that she had to what was there and what was behind it. Um, you know, oftentimes we think about what is making us feel frazzled. Part of it is the not knowing where things are or being overwhelmed by just what's in the physical space. But then there's also sometimes that attachment, which is why in that other study, more than half of people don't let go of things because of what they mean to them. Um, you know, the other thing that I found that was interesting in the Rubbermaid study was that <laughs> about 30% of people reported having a broken item sitting around their house. How often do you see that? Oh, me. So often. Like, people will keep on, hold on to, like, televisions and, like, recorders that are broken, like, from back in the day. And then wow. some some of them, my older clients would say, oh, that's going to come back in style. That's why I keep it because it's going to be worth so much money. And wow. I'm just like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> if you want to wow. keep it, you can. But I always try to help them figure out how to get rid of it in a like, safe way. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. And before we go further, let me let me correct that. Um, the the 57% who keep things for for sentimental reasons, and the 31% who report a broken item in their home, that actually was from a different study by ClosetMate, not Rubbermaid. Um, they survived, surveyed uh, 2,000 people to find out from them why clutter is so difficult to get rid of. Um, and and the, the other thing I, I should note that I think is really interesting about people needing you is when when Rubbermaid did their study, the most interesting thing is about a third of people said that even though they want clutter gone from their home, they don't even know where to start. So to have someone like you who can come in and provide a service and sort of take them through the process of figuring out what to keep, um, what to maybe find another place to store, and then what really needs to get thrown away, I think is, is interesting. So if you could give, you know, easy tips for people who just, you know, want to make their lives a little bit less close. What would you, what was, what's probably one of the, the top couple of things that you suggest to people as far as decluttering their home? The first thing I would say is just start, start somewhere, but don't overwhelm yourself. So pick a room and pick one area in the room. So say if you're going to start with uh, a kitchen, mm-hmm. pick one drawer in the kitchen, organize that, and then you'll feel like, okay, I accomplished something. And then whenever you're ready to go again, pick another drawer or a cabinet and just move slow until you're finished with that room. That's that's my advice for people who don't want to get overwhelmed. Because when I go in, <laughs> I pull out everything. That's not overwhelming to me. That's like joy. I'm like, yeah, candy. <laughs> <laughs> you do your little organizer happy dance, like, I got this. <laughs> yes. But I like working with individuals as well as families. But when families mm-hmm. are together, it's like I always tell them, don't clean anything before I come because I need to see how it is in your natural element so I know how to create systems for you and your family. 
and that and I love I love the fact that you know you you just want people to leave things how they are. Such a huge factor of a lot of clutter is that embarrassment of not wanting people to see what it really looks like, but for you to come in and truly help. And and I love that you talk about them, you know, developing a system for their family. It's not just the mom or the dad or, you know, whoever is the head of household. It's the entire family that has probably collectively created the circumstances. And so the fact that you are addressing all of that, I think is is really what's been the most difficult thing about starting in and sustaining your business. Um, I think for me, it's just keeping good records because I have to keep my mileage records and records of what clients paid and all that. It's just like even any small business owner, just keeping good records so that you have them for tax purposes. That's, that's my only struggle. So I actually like pay my, um, I write down all the things and then I pay my daughter to keep track of it in the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Okay, wow. That's a, so you've got some help then in the in the in in your family, which I think is is fantastic. I'm trying That's to teach her, like, cause she's like a she has like a small business too. So I'm trying to teach her. That's my way of teaching her by giving her a little bit of my work. Like, hey, mm-hmm. take care of the books, and she's like a math whiz, so she's good at it. Awesome. That I love that. Um, what is your favorite thing about about running a business? I I guess it's being um. I can be flexible. So if my kids have like something going on at their school, I know not to book on that day. Like I can be a present parent, even though I'm a single parent, I can still be present because I'm in control of my hours and when I work and how I work. But I do try to discipline myself. Like if I'm working from home, I put away any distractions and actually just work for those one or two hours that I'm actually home. But it's a very fulfilling thing being your own business owner, which I love it. I do. I did. I do kind of miss the consistency of a nine to five, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't trade this for anything. That's awesome. So you you feel confident that it was a great decision that you made, which is I love it. Yes, it's just growing and growing, and there are not any many African American professional organizers in the business period, and then to be the only one in my area, it's just it gives me a lot of boost. Wow, that's wonderful. There's a cat meowing outside of my little recording booth here. (laughs) (laughs) I think you want some attention. Um, What advice would you give other women who want to start their own business? Have a good business plan. Review it with someone you trust, like a mentor, because that's what I did. I have a mentor that I love and trust. And make sure it's solid, because you don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not I'm not someone who wants to fail because I knew I had to get out and be on my own so soon. And I was just like, I need a solid business plan. I need a, like, I need you to help me. <laughs> so right. I got a little help from somebody. And I did pay her for her time because, you know, everyone wants to be compensated for their time. So I pay her and did like a mini business session with her over lunch. And I launched my business like two weeks after. And it's wow. been doing great ever since. That's awesome. So to have that strategy session with someone who is experienced and I guess like business coaching, that mm-hmm. that I think that's so huge because when you go into it, you know, the amount of information can be overwhelming. You know, what type of business uh, 
structure should I set up? You know, do I need to do an LLC or S Corp? You know, what about the mm-hmm. financing part of it? How am I going to pay for certain things? You know, what type of bank account do I need? I think there are just so many questions that people have, and you can't be afraid to ask for help. And I think it's, right. it's, it speaks volumes that you wanted to make sure as much as you could to, I won't say not make mistakes because we all will, but to mm-hmm. lessen the chance of making major yeah. mistakes by getting <laughs> the help that you, that you needed. I don't want to um, like get into something and not have any direction and just like, oh, mm-hmm. what am I doing? I have no clue right. what I'm doing. Because it doesn't take long to feel like you're you're in over your head. So I, I think any any small business owner can relate to that to that feeling. So I'm going to ask you one more question that is is common that my listeners know I love to ask. Um, I'm I I like knowledge. So what was the last book that you read, or is there anything that you're currently reading? Yes, um, the book I'm currently reading is called Mindset. I'm trying to think of it. Who's the author? Hold on. Because I just started reading it a few days ago. And I've read I read all the time because that's all I like to do is read. Awesome. I know how um yeah. how much that can help and whether it's, you know, a lot of my, my other guests tend to read, you know, business books or, but, you know, it, it does, to me, I feel like whatever is stimulating your mind as, as a business owner, other listeners uh, tend to be kind of interested in that. Okay. It's called Mindset, the New Psychology of Success. It's by Carol S. Dweck. Love it. That's the one I'm reading right now mindset and that's that's such an important thing like you know how how you approach the day you know how you approach whatever it is that you're about to take on like your mindset just has such a profound effect on everything else and that's one of the reasons why this this topic was so interesting to me you know I build my my podcast as a space for you know woman wellness entrepreneurs and first I was like are people going to say what in the world does organizing have to do with you know wellness but it's (laughs) definitely definitely connected you know in in terms of being able to help people decrease their stress levels decrease those levels of anxiety create a space that is restorative as opposed to being um, stressful and how that you know sort of spills over into everything else in, in in our lives the only other thing I will note, um, and I love that you talked about, you know, finding your niche and finding out who your ideal client was. And I found it, of course, very interesting that it sounds like a, oftentimes is women, usually mothers, mm-hmm. and those are sort of your targets. Going back to that Cornell study, interestingly, the men in the study, because remember, they, they did this with 30 couples. The men in the study did not have the same results as the women. They didn't have those sort of high cortisol, cortisol levels throughout the day. And I find it interesting how much of what happens in the home is still very much driven by women, whether they're coupled or whether they're single, and that men just didn't have that same stress response. So I think for me, it sounds like it really validates your idea of who your ideal client is and how it is that you can reach her and the experience that you have as a woman, as a mother, and, and bringing all of that to your client and being able to bring you know, outstanding service to them like it sounds like you do. So um, right. if, why don't you go ahead and, and let my listeners know what is your website 
And I know um, I, I found you via social media, which is interesting. So um, your website and uh, your Instagram. My website is www.victoriap as in Paul Willard, W-I-L-L-A-R-D.com. And I'm on Instagram as organize underscore design underscore create underscore. I'm also on Facebook, too, and it's the same um, organize design create on Facebook. Okay. So Facebook is organize design create. Instagram is organize (laughs) underscore design underscore create. And then online, uh, you are victoriapwillard.com. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Awesome. Well, this has been a pleasure, and uh, I hope to circle back to this and let y'all know what happens with this mound in my dining room. <laughs> I'm closing <laughs> off my house next week, and so I, I've, I've been, I stare at it every day. It's like a monument to the chaos that has become my life since I moved, and um, I cannot wait. I've, I've been, I've said it repeatedly. My friends have heard me say it. My boyfriend's heard me say it. Like, I can't wait to get settled because it's been, that mound has been so disruptive. I think it's really interfered with my, you know, my, my thought process. I, my sleep is definitely disrupted and my mornings are chaotic because I, I'm still digging through boxes some days to find things. And I tell, I say, Kim, girl, we cannot live like this anymore so (laughs) it it was really really great to chat with you and I appreciate you coming on and and sharing with everybody about your business I I pray continued success for you and I just wanted to to thank you again um if what oh really quickly let me be I would be remiss to um not ask you what areas and where do you live and what areas do you service um I live in Delaware and I service the Southern Pennsylvania area, Southern Jersey, Maryland, and Northern Virginia. Okay. And I awesome. thank you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Oh, you are welcome. So if you are in any of those areas, give Victoria a ring. Um, you've got her Instagram. You have her website. Look her up. Let her come make some magic in your home. And I thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to Press Play with Coach K, where we show you how to be the boss of your business, your body, and your bank account. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe and also share. And don't forget to visit us at PressPlayWithCoachK.com for more tips and strategies and to sign up for our newsletter.